What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Fatherhood Initiative Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Sherman Webb Middlebrooks, a lifelong Buffalo resident and full-time black man. And as usual, I'm here with my co-pilot, the good brother. Antoine Johnson, and we're glad to have you back. Uh, we're going to uh, kind of finish up on a conversation that we were having last time about the importance of moms raising boys and just kind of giving like a tip or two about how to navigate those relationships that can be really complex. But without, but before that, I want to introduce our boy um, and guest for the day, Mr. Gary. Hey, what's up, y'all? Isaiah Gary here representing Adversity Bill's character today. It's a pleasure to be here. Right, that good old ABC, man. Make sure you check out my man. Got the merch on. Make sure you support the good brother. ABC, you want to, what does that stand for? So Adversity Bill's character. Okay, okay. Right. Love, Love it. it. Love right. it. Uh, so here, here's a quote, right? And this just so I can be real brief. So Piggybacking on our conversation from last time with moms raising boys, we talked about, you know, whether you're a single mom or a mom who is married, right? Like there's still like those, those relationship um, dynamics. My wife is going to have to understand like, what is it, what is it like to help our son relate to women so mm-hmm. that when he starts dating and eventually gets married, if, if that happens, how, how to, how to relate to her, right? All the other women in his life, right? But she's going to have to figure that out. <laughs> um, but here's a quote from a um, another podcast I was listening to recently. And they said, men respond to respect, right? And there's a man inside every boy, right? Mm-hmm. So we think about, like, our boys that are not yet men. They still are looking for respect, especially as they start yes. to get older. Um, and, and, again, sometimes moms i don't think they necessarily understand that when they want to they want to love them they want to kind of treat them and teach them you know things that they were accustomed to or maybe how they relate to the world when they're really like they're, they're craving respect and that doesn't mean that you can't discipline them or whatever but but as they get older like the, the discipline the, the 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 ways in which you do things they, they have to change somewhat right or otherwise you really start to get like that pushback that you know stuff that we talked about last time but Feel free to jump in on this, and then we want to start talking about, you know, other things as it relates to co-parenting and so forth. Yeah, so I, I agree a thousand percent. I think um, I see it often where, you know, a woman is is mothering her son, and she's not wrong for being a mother. It's the approach, you know, and she's still talking <clears throat> to him like he's still nine and ten or mm-hmm. eight, you know, like when they're little. Mm-hmm. And once, you know, once our young men start growing up, like you said, they consider themselves as young men, so they're not necessarily responsive to do this, do that, because I said so. You know, I, I think the approach is everything in the delivery. Like, even, you know, I with my own son, I find myself where sometimes I have to take a step back and understand, like, he's a young man now, so I can't, you know, just approach him how I did when he was younger. But I hear women all the time, like, it could, I don't want to say emasculating because they're not emasculating their sons, yeah. but some of the things that they are saying, you know, cause a rise or a reaction out of the young men because of how they speak to them. Right. Um, so there's that whole idea of talking to them, not at them. Right. Right. Like that, 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 that's triggering sometimes. Right. You know, I think that makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and I, I agree with everything that you brothers have shared. I think um, from my perspective, just the way my mom kind of raised me and like my dad was around, but like she was humble enough to just know that, uh, there was certain limitations she had as a woman and as a mom. And like, once she reached her point, like she was never afraid to like call for backup. 
like she got six brothers, I got aunts, I got uncles, I got like older cousins, like her cousins and like their husbands. So like my dad, like I got I got a bunch of people, I had coaches, mentors. My mom was never afraid to like reach out to her resources and her support network. That's the one thing that I learned from her. Um and like the one thing that like it helped me come back to was like these young people, young people look at us as adults. Like, we have all the answers. We got the key. We're, like, heroes to them. And, like, we're really humans. And so, like, <laughs> the last thing I want is for, like, I, I don't want to see Clark Kent. I want to see Superman. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the last thing you want your kid to see is you and your vulnerable Clark Kent stage when, like, they always see you as Superman. And it doesn't happen on your terms. Yeah. So I always try to, like, around young people, be vulnerable, be accessible, and share my struggles. And, like, for me personally, I learned that from my mom. Like, she's a hero, but, like, I learned her. She showed her humanity. She was always humble. And I think for me, what that gave me, and speaking to your point, and I think I forgot who just said, like, there's a, a man inside every boy. Um, it's a it's a point of validation. Mm-hmm. And so we all seek validation. So, yeah. like, women growing up are going to seek validation from other women, like their moms, their aunties, their big sisters, their female influences. Like, am I a good enough woman? Can right. I, like, sit at the table and consider myself a woman on par with y'all who I'm looking up to? Right. And the same thing happens for us as men. And so, like, my mom was able to give me different versions of manhood and masculinity. And, like, as I would hit certain milestones or achieve certain things or arrive at certain levels of maturity, those men were able to validate who I was as a young man and as a man. And I think one of the the more like salient memories I have is like we were um we had a cookout for the family and I was on the grill and like I did my thing this one cookout and my uncle who's usually on the grill came up to me and was like, Yeah nephew you and the girl from now on. So, like, it was validation. Like, as a man, like, I looked up seeing my uncle's grill all the time. And, like, I, I okay, I'm here now. I'm with y'all. Like, that was one of the best feelings I ever experienced because I felt validated. Like, I felt like I transitioned from, like, a, being seen as a boy in my ne- in my uncle's eyes to, like, a man on par with them. Yeah. That's, that's spot on. I think validation at, at 13, 14, 15 is different from validation at 5 and 6. Yeah, right? right. So when I'm bringing mommy a picture and she's like, oh, good job, baby. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. That might be validation at five and six. But now when I'm 13, right. 14, like you said, I'm looking for that validation from the men. Right. So I, I agree a thousand percent. And that could be so difficult for us, for the, the women or our moms in our lives, because they're like they're not understanding why we're not responding or content with the same level of affirmation. Right. That, you know, from that five to 13 to your point. Um, and you know, when you were talking about, uh, the grilling and everything, I started thinking about a post that I put on Facebook a while ago. I'm part of some black men Facebook group. I forget exactly okay. what the name of it is, but I put a post up like a year and, and a half ago about like, um, fathers or, or men needing to be affirmed by other men as they transition into manhood. And like, some people were like really upset about that. Like, (laughs) I don't need no man to affirm my manhood. Um, That don't make me any less than a man, blah, 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 blah. And I I didn't necessarily say it made him any less than a man, but, but the point, and I just was, I shared a quote, (laughs) but the point point that I was making was, was exactly what you were alluding to around like boys at some point as they transition into manhood and so forth, 
benefit and really need the help and support of other men to affirm yeah. that transition yeah. because it, it it just makes for a different level of like confidence yep you know and as we go into that where it's like you may have your mom say oh like you're becoming a man now and there's some there's some some benefit to that but when your dad say that oh that's yeah. totally different it right is. you feel a lot different about that it is so it is it, that it, or or a man that's in like a space or a place yeah. that like you respect. So right. like right. some of my mentors tell me like, or if I look at somebody like a, like a, a big brother or like yep. whether it's my actual brother or somebody, when they tell me I did good or that they proud of me, I'm like, right. that's what that's I didn't realize that's what the goal was. That's what I was seeking. But like right. that's what I was seeking. Right. And like it's okay. So we got to humble ourselves and and admit that. So like being around like. I was around some young people yesterday, and I had to tell them what I heard E40 say, like, hey, look, I've been your age before. You ain't never been mine. So, <laughs> so, like, so I'm looking to people who've been my age before, and I ain't never been theirs to tell me like, I'm on the right path. I'm, on the, I'm, on, I'm doing this the right way. Like, because right. we, just like how we say in the fatherhood program, these kids, these babies don't come with instruction manuals or guidebooks. Life don't come in one either. And so, like, manhood doesn't come in one either. And so, like, I'm trying. And, and, and am I doing it right? Like, I right. value the way you do manhood. I value, like, the way you're a husband, the way, the way you're a father. Like, okay, right. th- am I good by your standards? I am. Okay, cool. Then like, I'm at this level. Now I can go to the next level. So it's important to prioritize those relationships, too. And us, we got to humble ourselves to allow ourselves to be coached by people who we respect and value and trust. Right. And, and this is kind of a good segue into talking about um, it's kind of going back to this, not single mother thing, but mothers raising boys and the co-parenting relationships. Um, Isaiah, I mean, this will be a great time for you to kind of jump in on this, you know, with your book and everything. But how do parents navigate the dynamics of relationships when especially like when they have their boys and moms are like, ah, I don't really know what to do. Like, how, how do they get the input, the, the, the support from dad or who, whatever other man is in their life in order to, to do that? I think the first thing is having the willingness to actually have them help. I think that's a starting point because, you know, some, you're talking about mothers, some mothers want to do it by themselves. And I think sometimes there are men around who want to be involved, who want to help, mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily given access or they're given access with limitations. You know, it's like, okay, because I might, I, how I say something, right, to my son and how his mom says something is completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, yo, go do this. It's very direct. I'm not, well, you know, would you get a chance if you could, you know, nah, I'm direct. So I think sometimes, to the original point, I think it's giving men an opportunity to work with your, you know, trusted men, men who you trust, yeah. an opportunity to be able to work with your children. Yeah, I think to that point, and maybe you could talk to this too, Cause a lot of times women don't trust people, um, and I get that. Like I've I've worked with young people with all kinds of experiences, so like I get that. Like there's some wild stuff out there, but like my, how do you feel about like if you don't trust that person to be around your child in your child's life, then why is that person in your life? Mm. <laughs> 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 mm. I mean, yeah, and we could we could take that a lot of different ways, but you know, where I I'm looking at like the boyfriend, you know, or yep. or the significant other, or yeah, even the father. But I mean, you know, people people make choices, and I would say maybe to play devil's advocate, maybe it's something that that person showed them that made them not trust them. 
You know, so like maybe I did trust you and you hurt me and you lied to me and you did all these different things. So now I don't trust you with my son because when I was vulnerable with you, you let me down. Mm -hmm. So now I don't want my kid to feel that same hurt. Right. That's a logical place to arrive at. And a lot of women feel that way about the biological father sometimes. Right. When they have those relationships, which is why we see like gatekeeping behaviors and stuff like that. Like, no, you can't come around your son because you were either either physically abused or psychologically abused or whatever. I don't trust you anymore. Right. So then they sometimes they have and then sometimes those walls are up and they, they shouldn't be because then they and they really hinder that relationship that that, you know, the father child, you know, that they need. Um, but in the interest of time, talk to. Uh, our audience a little bit about like some of the key or takeaways from the book, right? The book that you made really cool. You know, it's nice, nice to have an author from Buffalo here. Talk right. to us a little bit about, you know, some key points from the book. Okay. So key points, I would say, well, I would say the whole book, a lot of <laughs> right, as you should. but like um, <laughs> I, one, one chapter that stands out to me is humbling yourself. Um, and that, that chapter really talks about, humbling yourself and removing your ego when dealing with your co-parent, um, which, which can be extremely necessary. I mean, it's, it's a time and place for everything. Sometimes we need to stand our ground, yep. you know, about things we need to be firm about. And then other times it's like, you know, you, you fighting a battle, but you losing the war, you lose, you're losing time with your kids. You know, now, you know, you in a power struggle that you shouldn't even be in. Yep. So um, another one that stands out is uh, support is more than money. Um, Cause that's one thing I'm big on is supporting my son's mother um, and I'm married now, so I have a, a child outside of my marriage. But supporting my son's mother um, when she's going to school, you know, if she needs someone to listen to, just being a constant support for her, mm-hmm. and it goes beyond just providing financially. Right. So I, I do, I know I have to provide financially. I mean, <laughs> that, that's, that goes without saying. But I think sometimes as fathers, uh, we can be minimized. Some people minimize us as if the only thing we can provide is finances yeah. and there's nothing further from the truth. Right. You know, we provide our children with so much more. And sometimes the, a lot of men, I think we're, we're socialized. We buy into that concept too, because we'll, we'll hear guys that go through um, our programs sometimes and say, why well, I pay child support. Why right. can't you just be satisfied with that? Right. It's like, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> like no. that, that's not, you know, I was, when you said that I was thinking about, <clears throat> um, Marcellus Wiley, he's got a podcast and stuff, but he always would say, like, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Mm. And, like, that really resonated with me when he said that. Like, that's how, like, his kids receive love. That's how he showed love. I'm like, that's how my daughter, like, received love. She was like, Daddy, you always working. It's like, all you do is she, she, oh. she told me that, and then she was on the phone with her mom when she was with me, and she was like, all that I do is work and sleep. And I was like, oh, my God, for real, kid? I'm like, we just did this. We just did that. And then she made me, She was like, "That you just took me to work with you. And I was like, we went here. We went there. She's like, yeah, that was those are your jobs. And I'm like, I don't see what I do is work all the time. But she understands that it's work. I'm like, I was just kicking it. We were just at the college. We were just at this restaurant. But, like, I was at a restaurant having a meeting. Like, but we went out to eat, right? She was like, no, that was work. And I'm like, she's seven, so she's able to, like, Say like, when are you gonna just? When we just gonna be lazy together? That's all she wanna do is just be lazy together. Like no phone, just chill out. And I'm like, oh, this that's her love language. She just want access to like me without. It's not a matter of just being around me. Like she just wants me and just me. And yeah. so like, okay, I gotta. She's communicating that. So like, I gotta deliver on that. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think um, this is a good conversation. Um, you know, we're getting close to time. Though, was it any last minute 
words you would share with, and I don't mean to put you on spotlights, but <laughs> no, <go ahead. laughs> any last minute things that you would share, whether it relates to co-parenting, fatherhood or whatever. Yeah. Remove your ego, man. Remove your ego. It, it's not as parents. Sometimes we make it about us, right? It's, it's about, it can literally become a war between the two parents. Who's right. Who's wrong. Um, it's not about us. Ultimately, it's about our children. And, and that's the whole premise of my book is working together to do what's in the best interest of our children. Because I truly believe that children will benefit from improved relationships from their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you get along with your significant other, your <laughs> your, your child's mother, um, it, it just it creates a different atmosphere for the child. Um, they for one, they can't play they can't play you against each other because they know you're in communication, <laughs> right. right? There's nothing else. That's a benefit. But also, um, I would like to tell the brothers, man, I have a, a section I talk about you catch more flies with honey. You know, sometimes it's better to be sweet. You know, you catch more flies, you get yeah. more done. You know, like for myself, um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off a little bit, but you know, um when I was struggling with my son's mother, going through court mediations and child support and all that, you know, we were at odds. But once we started to work together, like to get along better mm -hmm. over time, and again, being supportive, listening, helping, you know, stepping up, spending time with my son, taking him places, take, going on doctor's appointments, doing things that we may or may not traditionally see as our role, right? right? Um, I was able to improve our relationship through doing that. And then by doing that, I mean, now I'm not on child support. You know, we have, we don't mm -hmm. need, yeah, we don't need the courts to get involved. We work things out amongst each other. So if anything, I would say, man, remove your ego. You know, it's not a, you, you can win a battle and lose the war. You know, it's about spending time with your kids, get along with your son, mother. We don't have to have beef. We passed that. You know, that's, that's an outdated way of thinking. And I challenge anyone who feels like you have to be at odds with, you know, with your ex or, you know, your child's mother. Mm -hmm. or I challenge you to look at why you think that way, yeah. you know, and, and to begin to make some changes so ultimately you can have a relationship that your child benefits from. I love that my son sees me and his mom be cordial and be able mm -hmm. to occupy the same space and not have a problem or not be weird. We work together to do what's best for my son. And I, I wish, I hope that for everyone. Wow. Yeah, you right. have wrote the book. The blueprints of co-parenting. Get your copy if you haven't already today. Um, right. Where can they get it at? So you can get the blueprints of co-parenting at Zawadi Books. Uh, we're gonna support local. You get it at Zawadi Books on Jefferson. Um, you can get it with Second Chapter Bookstore. Um, shout out to both of them, Zawadi Bookstore and Second Chapter Bookstore. It's also available on Amazon or hit me up on Facebook, Isaiah Gary or Adversity Builds Character on. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram or to uh, TikTok, and I get a copy to you myself. You got a lot going on, brother. We appreciate you, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And again, as always, thank y'all for rocking with us. Uh, make sure y'all hit that follow button. Make sure y'all hit that subscribe button. Make sure y'all share this if you found value in the conversation that we've been having up here, just kicking it with us as men. Um, anything else for the folks? Good, brother. I think we're good. We appreciate you all for joining in. Um, like Sherm said, make sure that you subscribe if you haven't done so. And blessings to you all. Peace.